0: Hello, guys, welcome to a brand new podcast. This is the first episode. So, for those who are discovering this, tag along for this very amazing journey. As we will review so many phones, so many devices, and I'm very excited to talk about all of these different things. So, I guess this would be an intro, not really, but we are going to get right into it. I will post a uh, introduction kind of trailer once I get everything going, but this is the first episode. And as our very first episode, we already know the first phone of the year is going to be the S21 Ultra. We're going to talk about that one. We're going to talk about the other phones as well, but mainly this will be the review for the Ultra. And hope you guys enjoy. I mean, you never know this uh, kind of branches out from my other podcast which was self quarantine sucks this is the second podcast but this is more pretty much all tech related things so if you are you're into tech like I am uh, tag along for the journey anyway let's get started all right now let's get into this now we all know the S21 Ultra was released in January 29th of this year. And we, I have already done a first impressions and all of that back on the other podcast. So if you want to go check that one out, again, it's called Self-Quarantine Sucks. And it, the name is Axel Rodriguez. You'll see. And so you'll find that. And you'll be able to find in the list on Spotify where my 21 ultra first impressions was or at least somewhere similar to that title and you'll be able to find out what my first thoughts were on this phone now I've gone to see a lot of reviewers I've gone to see it in person and personally I, I I like this device I really do now we'll talk about what I don't like obviously along the way but I will start off with you know the basic specs. Um, and kind of talk you through them and see what this phone is really all about. Okay, so the Galaxy S21 Ultra. Man, these names just keep getting longer by the year. Anyway, so if we look at the display, or I should say the body of this phone, as a relatively large footprint. I think people with average hands are going to struggle using this one-handed, and people with smaller hands, I don't think they're going to do very well with this. But if you have average or but you have bigger size hands, I think you can manage it for sure. Personally, it's a little too big. I can't really use it one-handed, but I know that if you're going for a big phone, you are accepting the fact that it's going to be a two-handed device. Now, the body is again relatively big, but you will get that premium feel at the very least. You have Gorilla Glass Victus on the front and on the back, and an aluminum frame. Now for the backside, we have seen a different change or i guess a change in general when it comes to the design of the back panels we saw it first on the iphone 11 series with the frosted back now samsung it took them a while but they caught up they did it as well with the note 20 series and now they're doing it with the s21 series and so it's very nice to have that premium very nice matte if you would feel you know on the back side matte glass it definitely gets rid of the fingerprints, and it makes it feel like an overall more premium device. Personally, I think my favorite color is matte black. That's just like, it's the ultimate. It's so it's so beautiful because it's so mysterious and very just uh, very cool, very cool looking. I like it a lot. If you even look at my desk, my microphone's black, the cable's black. I have a little transformer elbow l emblem right here that's black i have charging cables that are black i have earbuds that are black i have a tripod two tripods that are black so a lot of black things going on they're all matte black too so you can get the feel for how i feel about the black anyway so the next thing that's actually very important is the ip68 water and dust resistance 1.5 meters for 30 minutes so all of that give you extra peace of mind now Going on to the display, which is honestly the biggest part of this phone, is a 6.8 inch dynamic AMOLED 120 hertz screen with HDR10. And so, obviously, the 120 hertz is going to be a, a very pleasant experience. I've uh, once you try 120 hertz, it's really hard to go back. I will say that it, it's. It's definitely noticeable, but I think if you've never experienced it, you don't really, I don't think you should really care about it too much. Um, But it is still there if you want it. It's very, very good. Now, you also have a brand new high, I guess the brightest display on a Samsung device, which is 1500 nits of peak brightness, which is insane. That's some pretty bright thing so you can see that outdoors for sure now the resolution is 1440 by 3200 and so the resolution obviously for years has been quad hd which is this what i just said and ever since the s20 series from last year we haven't been able to do 120 hertz at quad hd well the s21 ultra changes that now you can use Quad HD and 120 hertz at the same time. It took them a year to do this. I don't know why. That's something that I will complain about. Because the OnePlus 8 launched with 120 hertz at Quad HD. Sure, battery was absolute garbage. But at least they had it. And, I mean, I, I wish Samsung would have caught on earlier. And, I, I mean, I just wish they hadn't even started with that kind of compromise in the first place i wish that they would have just done that but i guess better late than never. anyway so another thing that's added is stylus support Uh, this does come from the note series and it's kind of foreshadowing the event of the demise of the note series unfortunately i've always loved the note series for its refinement and its features but it's coming to the point where samsung is kind of diversifying the resources of the note into the folding phones as well as into the s series as we can see with the stylus and so we're kind of seeing that the note is going to go away Uh, there's rumors that it might still be one more like a fan edition and i really not happy about that i mean i would rather have i I guess one rather than none but personally i feel like they should just go all out or nothing but anyway we'll talk about that later now We are going into the OS. So for the operating system, we have Android 11 with One UI 3.1 on top. So obviously Samsung's One UI skin has come a long way, especially TouchWiz was horrible, horrible. It really gave a bad reputation to Android. But now Samsung has cleaned up the software with One UI, and now their latest version of it is pretty great. I love how it looks, very simplistic, very clean, minimal. And I think that they're headed in the right direction for sure. Now moving on to the chipset, this has an Exynos 2100. If you're in in the international market, if you're here in the US or in China, you get the Qualcomm Snapdragon 888. Both are five five nanometer architecture chipsets. You'll get very good efficiency and speed and just all around power which is something that we've been wanting for a long time. And they finally made the jump to 5 nanometers. Now, you will, in in the international market for the GPU, you will get the Mali G78. And if you're in the US in China, you will get the Adreno 660. So minor differences there. I feel like the biggest jump they've made in a while with Exynos, because we remember the problem with that last year where a lot of people were complaining about the performance gap and the battery gap of the Exynos 990 and the Qualcomm Snapdragon 865, or 865 plus. So there was a relatively big gap and Samsung noticed their failure in that area. And so they made a huge jump in now bringing that gap very, very minimally between the Exynos and the Qualcomm versions. Now they're up to par almost. Now, here's one thing. We're moving on to another aspect of this phone that I do not like. I am very angry at Samsung at the moment. If you know me, I like Samsung. I use Samsung. I don't exactly have an allegiance towards them because I'm willing to try out other other devices, but I do like them a lot. And for years, one of their main features was expandable storage. iPhones didn't have that. A lot of Android phones were starting to get rid of that. But Samsung held on to it. And now we see it gone. No expandable memory on any of the S21 series, which is really unfortunate because that was such a crucial aspect of the device that now you need to pay to upgrade. Like when you do on iPhone, you need to pay an extra $100 or $200 to get more storage. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't like that. They, I mean, it doesn't Yes, I guess you want to reduce cost, but that how much, really, is it saving you to do that extra little piece of metal right there, you know, to have that? It's just, I don't know. I find it really annoying. But regardless, you have three different versions or storage configurations. The first is 128 gigabytes of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM. Sorry if you heard that that was a motorcycle. You have 256 gigabytes of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM and 512 of internal storage with 16 gigabytes of RAM. So this is the Ultra model, so you can go big boy specs with the 512 and 16, but most people will probably go to the entry level 128 with 12 gigabytes of RAM. Now, this one does have UFS 3.1 storage, so really fast, very efficient storage. But regardless, I'm still not happy about it. Now, moving on to, I guess, what you would call a very, very uh, essential point of this phone that they really marketed it as well is the camera setups. So, obviously, if we talk plainly about design, we see that Samsung went somewhere very unique. I still don't know how I feel about it, and it's been nearly, uh, probably... A couple weeks now, like a month now, actually, I think, because it was released or it was announced January 14th, but it was released until January 29th. I just still don't know how I feel about the design and the back area. I like it. I hate it. I it's kind of in between. But you can agree that it is a very unique design. The camera housing is actually made of aluminum, so it's not glass like a lot of people think it is. It's just painted that way. But It is part of the frame, so it blends in with the uh, the frame, and they call it the contour cutout. I don't know, some people like it, some people don't. It's a very controversial design. I like it, and I don't like it. I don't know how to really go from there. But anyway, if we're talking about straight cameras, the first is a 108-megapixel primary sensor with laser autofocus and optical image stabilization you have a 10 times mega or a 10 megapixel periscope telephoto lens and this one has dual pixel autofocus optical image stabilization and is capable of 10 times optical zoom so you will get that clear picture zoom and you have another 10 megapixel but this is a telephoto lens This does have dual pixel autofocus and optical image stabilization. And this one's capable of three times zoom. So what that means is that between three times optical zoom and 10 times, it's gonna be digital. But for the most part, when you go to three times, it'll be using that lens. And if you go to 10 times, it'll use that lens as well. So everything else, honestly, when you go all the way up to 50X, I think that is absolutely the maximum for usability. Uh, But even 30X is kind of iffy as well. Although I will say it has a pretty good amount of detail for what it is. Anything above 30 or 50 is really just for fun. You're just trying to see something far away, or you want to take a picture of a sign that's really far away, which is very useful from time to time. And, or you're a stalker. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to judge you. You know, people do their own stuff. I don't know. Uh, but, That's really the only use cases I see from there. It's fun, just not practical, but whatever. The next one, which is a fourth lens, is the 12 megapixel ultra-wide lens. This one does have dual-pixel autofocus and also doubles as a macro camera, which is kind of interesting. Samsung didn't really say anything about it, but or at least I don't think they did. But I've seen a lot of reviewers where they talk about if you just go and zoom in, or not zoom in, but like put your phone lens close to whatever you want to take a picture of, and then it automatically will switch to the ultra-wide lens, and it'll use the ultra-wide lens to shoot that macro photo. It turns out pretty good. It's definitely very detailed and very sharp and all of these beautiful colors. So it's very interesting to have that cool little feature. You don't even need a macro lens. You just have that ultra-wide for it. Now for video recording capabilities, you do have 8K at 24 frames per second, which is pretty cool. You have 4K at 30 and 60, 1080p at 30 and 60. So you will get a lot of good camera, I guess you could say, uh, consistency, just like how the iPhones have it with a bunch of consistency across all the lenses. And you can record 4K 60 at uh, the, with the primary, the ultra wide and the three time zoom. And that's about it. But at least you have that capability. It's a lot more consistent than Samsung's cameras in the past, which I've actually come to enjoy. And on the selfie camera, we have a pretty big 40 megapixel camera with dual pixel autofocus. And you are gonna get 4K at 30 and 60 and 1080p at only 30. I'm gonna have to call that one out because Samsung should know better. I feel like they should have 60 frames per second on the the selfie camera. Like it's the ultra model. It should be able to do everything. Not really happy with that, but whatever. Uh, Samsung is... I mean, this phone makes you feel really strange because you have a lot of upgrades and a lot of downgrades, and it makes it very confusing of whether or not it's actually something you want to buy. I personally like this phone. I would buy it any day of the week, but I don't know if everyone feels that way. Um, but anyway, moving on, you do have stereo speakers. They're, you don't. You don't have a headphone jack. They took it with the S10 or the Note 10, sorry, the Note 10 plus. Those were the phones that just didn't have it anymore. So the S10 series was really the last Samsung phones to have it unless you go with the A series, all of them have it there. Um uh, but whatever. You know, you, we move on. Most people I think have wireless headphones and I don't think that's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Anyway, this one has Bluetooth 5.2. So one of the best connectivity when it comes to Bluetooth. You do have NFC, and for obviously for the display, I forgot to mention that it has the new Qualcomm Snapdragon, or Qualcomm Snapdragon, Qualcomm uh, 3D Sonic Max is what they're calling it, I think. And it's 50% faster than the previous generation of fingerprint sensors, and Samsung implemented on their display with this new fingerprint sensor. And I have seen a very dramatic difference in the sense that as soon as you tap it, it's just, you're in. You don't need to hold your finger. Just tap it and you're in, literally. You don't even have to put pressure. You just tap, tap. It's insane. It's weird. I mean, it's cool. And I mean, it's a very good improvement. It's very nice. It definitely will help, especially where when we live in this world of masks. But I think it's a good upgrade from last year. But regardless, last year's phones are still very good. You just have to know how to press the sensor. You know, you just press it for like a second. You're in. Whatever. I personally don't. I don't linger too much in these little details. But I know when you're trying to buy the best of the best, you want everything. You know, you want to buy. You want to have those details. So moving on to the battery life. Now this one does have a massive 5,000 milliamp hour battery. So same thing as last year's Ultra. But uh, there will be a, a big difference, or at least a, a a notable difference in battery, due to the fact that it has the Snapdragon 855, which is a five nanometer architecture processor that will be more power efficient. So even though it does have the same battery capacity, it'll manage it better. The chipset will manage it better, therefore giving it or giving the S21 Ultra better battery life than the S20 Ultra from last year. You do have the same old 25-watt fast charging. I wish it was faster, but honestly, you can still technically charge your phone in one hour. Uh, You do have wireless charging at 15 watts, and you have reverse wireless charging at 4.5 watts. So a lot of versatility when it comes to charging, and I'm a big fan of that. Now, for colors, you do have phantom black, phantom silver, titanium, navy, and phantom brown. So all of these are phantom. I don't know why they came up with that theme, but they did. So you have all of those options. Although if you want to buy from a carrier or a store or whatever online, you can only get black or silver. If you want titanium, navy, and brown, you have to get that from Samsung personally from their website. And you are going to have to wait a little bit longer for them to paint the phone and send it to you. So it's going to be a little bit longer waiting time. But I think it's worth it if you really want that customization. It's going to be rare to see a phone with titanium or brown. Personally, I'm not a fan of any of these. Maybe navy, but I prefer either silver or black. I like the matte black. It looks very nice. But the silver looks pretty cool too. Kind of looks mystic, magical. I don't know. So, personally, going over these and going over what I've seen a lot, the display is a massive upgrade. I mean... It amazes me that year after year Samsung manages to make their screens better. Like we look at all these displays OnePlus, Huawei, Apple, Xiaomi, all of these devices have great displays. Very good, very crisp crisp, very colorful, very nice. But Samsung is just in a whole nother league where they just they're the best displays on any smartphone period. Can't argue with that. You literally can't. You can't tell me no. You can't tell me no because Apple uses Samsung screens. So n- you can't tell me no. Now, if if we look at last year's phones or even the S10s, the S9s, those have excellent displays. Quad HD, uh, they don't have 120 hertz, they have 60 hertz, but it doesn't really matter too much. But the display quality is insane even then. If you go and look at an S10 right now, the, the the screen is beautiful. I mean, the colors are so vibrant and punchy and very, all very, very detailed. And that hasn't changed. Throughout the years, Samsung just manages to make their screens better and better every single year. It's mind-blowing, honestly. It really is. I find it really fascinating. Now, uh, if we go to the performance side of things, Ever since the Snapdragon 855, or the 845, I should say, you shouldn't have problems with performance. The Qualcomm Snapdragons have come a long way. And ever since the 845, that's ta- we're talking about the S9 here. The Ever since those devices, that chipset, you shouldn't have a single problem with performance. There, I mean, my mom has a, a S9, and she still doesn't want to give it up. I mean, the performance is great. It's, it's still very fast, very responsive. And if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see I did a review about it. And it's very responsive, very beautiful display. It's very fast. And I can only imagine how gaming will be when you're going for long, hard sessions with the Snapdragon 888. That one is the best processor, the fastest processor on an Android phone at the moment you will have excellent performance, especially with that new Adreno 660. It's going to be some great gaming experiences as it is. So you will have that. And since this is the Ultra, you have pretty much 12 or 16 gigabytes of RAM, whichever you choose. You're going to have excellent multitasking, excellent game performance, and you can even put games inside of the RAM and keep them open. Like Samsung has a feature where you can keep the the app open within the ram that way it won't close and so you can just go back to it and it'll be like you never left something that not a lot of phones can say no other phone can hold something in the background because the ram isn't enough one and two they just don't have that feature so it's pretty cool that samsung even offers that uh, I have that on YouTube, but I have a Galaxy A51, but they still brought that feature down to the A series. So I have the long live app. I can only have one in the RAM because mine's four gigabytes of RAM. Uh, so I can only have one and I put that as YouTube. So it's kind of like what I like. Anyway, now for the cameras, this obviously is a very amazing shooter. I've seen some beautiful photos out of this phone and it amazes me. It still does a very good job. I've heard a lot of reviewers talk about portrait mode and how it's better than iPhone. But I've heard some other reviewers who say it's about the same. So the fact that they've even come this long of, you know, this way, how much progress they've made in portrait mode is still pretty crazy. Now, if we're talking about the whole review or the whole phone as kind of, you know, this whole package, which it is. This thing cost $1,200 on Samsung's website. You have a bunch of trade-in deals which you can find. Um, and I think you'll you'll enjoy that a lot. And I will put uh, a link in the description of this episode. That way you guys can go check it out on Amazon. Because I think Amazon has like $100 off of it. So you can have a s- small discount. But I think you can go with trade-in deals on Samsung do offer a lot for phones and so i think it's not maybe not worth a thousand two hundred i think it's worth maybe a thousand one hundred one thousand something like that and i think for that price it's an absolute it's a it's a good it's a good price for that phone i mean you have five thousand milliamp hour battery 108 megapixel camera you have 8K recording. You have 120 hertz at the same time uh, while using Quad HD. You have S-Pen support. You have that brand new design, if that's what you're into. Uh, you have 100 times zoom. You have reverse wireless charging. You have different colors to choose from. You have that beautiful, beautiful display. I mean, all of these things really stack up to be an excellent device. And definitely one where I could recommend this phone because it is such a good device. Now, I think that maybe if you want to save some money, you could go with the Note 20 Ultra or the S20s from last year. Not the S20 Ultra. The S20 Ultra had so many problems regarding with the camera. You could go with the S20 or the S20+. Plus. Those two excellent devices. Uh, I'm, I'm purchasing one uh, sometime in a couple of months. I'm going to be purchasing an S20 Plus because there's a lot of compromises that they make that are so crucial to the way I work. So I can't really buy the Ultra or even the S21 or S21 Plus because they don't have a micro uh, SD card expansion. They don't have the Quad HD display that I want. They don't have that curved display that I want. The design, I'm not too much of a big fan of. So all of these things kind of combine into me, you know, pushing me to buy last year's S20. Now, that decision is up to you personally. If you just want the best of the best from Android, go with the Ultra. If you would want a good, you know, phone from Android, go with the S21, S21 Plus. Those phones are excellent as well. But if you want to save some money, go with the Note 20 Ultra from last year or the S20, S20 Plus from last year. Those things are still absolute powerhouses and they'll handle anything you throw at them. I mean, they're really, really good. So check those out if you don't want to buy these phones, these brand new phones. Uh, But honestly, if you want the best from Samsung, this is the way to go. The Ultra model is truly something impressive. That matte black is beautiful. And even Samsung spent three minutes or four or five minutes, something like that, in the presentation for this phone, they were talking about the <laughs> the color black as if they created the color black. Now, I think it's perfectly justifiable because that black, that black's no joke, man. That black looks so nice. I think it was totally worth it. Just like Marquez. Marquez was talking about how he enjoyed that they talked about it so much. Because it's true. The matte black is just so nice. So, yeah. I think it's something, definitely, that you should consider when you're buying the phone. But anyway, that was it for this episode. Tomorrow, we will review the S21+. And then, from there, we'll go to the S21. And we'll just keep talking about phones, guys. So, I'll talk to you guys a little bit more right after this. Hello, guys. All right. So we made it to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Go check out my channel, which is AxeTech underscore AKR, or just a space. And go subscribe if you haven't already. And thank you guys for clicking on this. I do appreciate it. I want to talk so much more about tech, my impressions, the way I feel about devices, of what I think about the features that are brought to these new and improved devices throughout this entire year. I mean, the S21 series is just the beginning. This is usually Samsung, you know, the first one to release a phone. I think we're going to talk about the Xiaomi Mi 11. That came out like a week or two ago, and I really want to talk about that phone. And so we'll be talking about that very, very soon, maybe next week. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And save this podcast, follow it, whatever options there are for keeping this podcast. And stay tuned because there's. I'm still distributing this podcast to Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, all of these different platforms. I still need to spread them out. And yeah, so thank you so much for watching or for watching, for listening. And I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.